mystery in five songs with host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this always vast and uh, still expanding uh, network of uh, great music podcasters who are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is episode 226. I'm calling this the Bruce Springsteen family. Um, I know I've mentioned this over and over again, uh, time to time uh, throughout many episodes and, and on many shows as well. Well, but I've never actually done this episode. Um, I actually debated calling this the Van Morrison family because uh, good old, you know, cantankerous Van Morrison and them. I mean, he's kind of the start of this whole uh, thing with the, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, the horns, the vocal phrasing, um, you know. Is it particularly Irish? I don't know if it is particularly Irish. It's particularly Van is what it is. But he's kind of the uh, the wellspring where all this comes from. Um, but then I got to thinking a little more, you know, Springsteen is such an icon and he's he's contributed so much um, to to this this sort of thread that's going to run through some of our examples here. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing is... Um, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young. There's there's a lot that kind of goes into this family. Um, now, our examples are going to lean towards, uh, this is kind of interesting because I did a bunch of research on this and, uh, and looked for, uh, you know, people influenced by Van Morrison and Bruce Springsteen. And the ones I, you know, am compelled to talk about as part of this Bruce Springsteen family don't really come up. So I'm, I'm really giving you kind of a unique uh, spin on this. Um, and unique means maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, anyways, um, this is the way I see it and this is the way I've always seen it. And of course, we are tying it into our world a little more um, because... I feel an anchor, you know, because of the bias of my world, our world here, uh, is uh, is such that it is classic rock, hard rock, heavy metal. Um, I'm almost feeling the the importance of Thin Lizzy in here um, as much as, uh, well, you know, in terms of the anchors, it really is, you know, I got to include Bob Dylan in here. I suppose it is Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, Bruce Springsteen, but um, Thin Lizzy is a super important band in this whole thing uh, as well. And uh, for this episode, um, I promised I wasn't going to include a Bruce Springsteen track because I think I included a Springsteen track when we did the Thin Lizzy UFO doppelganger episode, and I'm sure I talked about this concept a little bit then. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we're leaving that out, And um, but I am playing some Thin Lizzy, and let's do that right now. This is Thin Lizzy with Having a Good Time. All right. There's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a Dark Horse track from a Dark Horse album. You can see our Contrarians episode on Chinatown, 1980. Um, but I think this is one that captures this idea. So the idea is... 
um, this sort of, uh, you know, a lot of Frankies, a lot of Johnnies, a lot of Joeys, right? A lot of storytelling, a lot of, lot of the street sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and the working man and hard times and all that sort of thing. So this is part of this whole, this oeuvre of uh, Van Morrison into Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, uh, Bruce, Bruce is a Thin Lizzy guy. You know, he, he's a fan. They're, they're, Thin Lizzy's actually before Bruce Springsteen in, in in a way, right? Um, you know, we think of the blinding, you know, career, the massive career Bruce Springsteen has had, but Lizzie was around a long time. But before we get too far, I I wanted to kind of go through this uh this thing. So I I I saw some um some quotes um and some comments on Reddit that I want to uh, bring up in terms of this Van Morrison thing. Now we know Van Morrison is very uh like I say cantankerous. Um and he was asked about uh, Bruce Springsteen in Uncut magazine June 2023. Uh he says the constant frustration of people constantly asking me what I think about every Tom, Dick and Harry that sort of copied me. And what I think about that is that I've I've had enough of it. I mean, it's okay if it happens like once. After that, after two, three, four albums, when after four albums, people are still just ripping me off, it starts to get a little monkey on my back. And, you know, I'm carrying these Paul Brady monkeys and these Bruce Springsteen monkeys and these Bob Seger monkeys, and I'm just fed up with it. I just wish they'd find someone else to copy. In the old days, they'd have called it a form of flattery, but I don't find it flattering, flattering at all. I mean, I... Uh, I find someone else to copy or else send me the royalties, you know? And uh, he's asked what he thinks about Springsteen. Not my scene, you know. I'd rather listen to the source than imitation. That's where I'm at. Was he merely miffed at Springsteen's huge commercial success? No, not at all. I'm perfectly happy with what I've got. At the same time, I don't see why something I've invented, I've developed and worked hard to come by should be ripped off year in and year out by these people. Pretty harsh, but we know Van is like that. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely not a very, very uh, generous soul, shall we say, right? Um, but, you know, uh, people were debating this whole thing on Reddit and, uh, and there was kind of a concession that... Um, that Bruce Springsteen kind of does uh, does this Van Morrison type thing, you know, with the horn arrangements and uh, again, vocal phrasing is a big part of it. Vocal melody, um, poetic lyrics, uh, you know, back to Phil Linnet, you know, we're all you know, Phil Linnet, sorry, uh, <laughs> that's how I always say it. Uh, back to back to Phil here, and we're gonna say more about Thin Lizzy before we go out because that was our example, but. Um, uh, you know, it, it's there on the first couple of Springsteen albums, then it goes away and Bruce Springsteen does other things in a big way. And then he he starts building kind of a family of his own that we're going to uh, to, to drop down on some of these guys. Um, John Stewart said, uh, Bruce Bruce is what happens when Bob Dylan and James Brown had a baby. Okay, so now he's into more, more of the... Uh, the uh, the stage presence and even Van Morrison had a problem with Springsteen about that, but the stage presence thing doesn't really you know fall into these other bands in in a big way. But that's kind of interesting. Um, and um, Woody Guthrie was mentioned uh, as well, um, you know. And then and then you know we have to reference these things like Heartland Rock, the Jersey Shore sound. Um, so and you know. Uh, Back to Thin Lizzy though. So, so Thin Lizzy, we've got Phil Lynott in there. He he is Irish, so he's coming up with that them Van Morrison influence there. But he's he's amazing at it, and he and he and he builds his own world. But but again, granted, um, you know he's building this world before Bruce Springsteen is building this world, and granted, almost simultaneously with Van Morrison. But there are a lot of Johnnies and Frankie Carols and all all that kind of thing, right? Um, with them. But but yeah, just to just to um. 
sort of uh, narrow down a little more on the specifics of being part of this Bruce Springsteen family. So it it is that storytelling thing. It is, you know, the guys getting out of jail, the working man, it's it's hard out there. Uh, the naming names, so that that is something that uh, was actually picked up somewhat from Van Morrison using proper names. Um, but, you know, with Phil, I think, and with Thin Lizzy, you know, also we get the acoustic guitar, we get the, uh, the, the dependable Louie Louie chords, we get occasional sax, um, but with Phil, I think the big thing here is uh, is that vocal phrasing and and the and the cadence, uh, the almost like proto rap idea of squeezing in a lot of words and letting and letting the words go over the uh, the end of the bar, uh, that sort of thing. Um, okay, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, back again here. History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 226, The Bruce Springsteen Family, formerly known as the Van Morrison Family. Take a listen to our second track, and we shall discuss. This is Bob Seger with Feel Like a Number. I work my back to the track Okay, so this is from Stranger in Town, 1978. Wow. Bob Seger is huge, right? And I saw a pretty cool quote. Let's see if I can get this right because I'm doing this from memory. But somebody said, um, somebody once said, I think this is someone quoting someone, so it's a fairly big quote, that uh, that Bruce Springsteen is what an American wishes to be and Bob Seger is what an American is. Um, 
So it's kind of interesting. Bob Seger is never going to have that critical acclaim that that Bruce Springsteen has. Um, he definitely is part of this family. He is doing it at the same time. But granted, um, you know, he's picking things up. He's picking things up and getting famous. Uh, maybe, maybe two years after Bruce Springsteen uh, is, is pretty famous. But boy, does Bob Seger do well. So, so Night Moves goes six times platinum. Uh, the album this is off of Stranger in Town, 1978, uh, also goes six times platinum. Against the Wind goes five times platinum. The next three after that, like a rock and all that stuff, the distance, um, three platinums and a gold. So Bob Seger is really, really big. I mean, I've never been that big a Bob Seger fan, and I was trying to think of it, and I was reading all this Reddit stuff where people were were pondering that themselves. And by the way, before we move on, we know one of Thin Lizzy's uh, semi-moderate hits early on was a cover of a Bob Seger song, Rosalie, right? Um, big song about Rosalie Tremblay, uh, you know, uh, influential Detroit radio uh, disc jockey everybody from Windsor I've ever interviewed uh, you know talks about uh, you know the importance of that and so this is a song you know uh, maybe sucking up to a little bit uh, Rosalie Tremblay um, by Bob Seger you know Bob Seger's famous Detroiter of course as well but yeah Thin Lizzy covers this I don't think it's a great song for Thin Lizzy to cover I think it's a little behind the times for them it's a little conservatively written Americanly written which brings up another word Americana right that's a big part of this whole this whole Bob Seger thing as well. I mean, um, um, Bruce Springsteen thing as well. But Bob Seger definitely as well. Um, you know, the thing... So Bob Seger has many, many massive hit singles and obviously these big hit hits uh, song, uh, albums as well. But the thing I've never liked about Bob Seger is things like... Um, uh, Kathmandu, uh, the, the more the more straight rock and rollsy sort of things, and I, I I guess I'm always gonna feel burned by buying those live albums, you know, uh, Live Bullet or whatever it's called. You know, they, they they looked like a heavy band, but they weren't a heavy band, right? And they had the you know the, the silver logo and all that stuff. But they have they have some songs that are you know old time rock and roll that that whole sort of really dopey simple boogie rocking sort of sound i mean i like the ballads much more um but but and his voice is incredible i mean a lot of people on reddit were even discussing all this and saying man he's got the best voice out of all these guys that do this sort of thing right um but okay so let's uh let's move on let's just say that bob seeger is a big part of this bruce springsteen family um but he's uh he's almost in stature uh, as as big as Bruce Springsteen, at least at least in the seventies and early eighties, right? Uh, until Bruce, you know, becomes kind of godhead after having you know born in the USA, and then after that, I think his critical acclaim stays rather large, and and even his success is bigger uh, as well. But uh, yeah, so so again, Bob Seger is is much more of the um, the gritty traditional rock and roll version of a Bruce Springsteen. Um, and again, this Jersey Shore kind of idea, you know, with with the horn uh, arrangements and stuff, and Clarence Clemens. I mean, that that's kind of part of it as well. But again, um, the whole thing about uh, well, actually, here's a little bit of a quote that that kind of lays this out a little bit. The Jersey Jersey Shore sound, a combination of roots rock, doo wop, Philly soul, and boardwalk carny music. That's kind of interesting. So you put all that together. Um, and maybe that's the nexus, the you know, the center, the the hub of the wheel uh, of all this stuff. And then everybody's got that in uh, in certain amounts. You think of Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes as well. Um, 
Okay, let's move on. Um, let's take a listen to our third track. This is UFO with Back Into My Life. And you're wondering where she is. Now there's, now there's no more rendezvous. You left out here on this cold stock street. With the sound of lovers as they tangle and meet. The sweet surrender with a promise and a kiss. Okay, so UFO I think is totally part of this family and we're including it in here because no one else includes it in here. No one else talks about it. Um, you know, in all my research I've done, they leave out, they even leave out Thin Lizzy. It's kind of weird. Um, but UFO I think belongs into this thing uh, as well uh, because Phil Mogg um, was definitely a Springsteen fan. It, it was an influence he picked up along the way. Um, but you hear, you hear sax occasionally uh, in UFO. You definitely hear these stories songs you definitely hear these songs with johnny's in them and stuff um and uh and phil definitely has that sort of uh you know wise wise sage sort of a way about him um and you know we've got whether it's paul raymond or neil carter we've got keyboards uh we've got you know old school retro um you know Hammondy sort of sounds, but we've also got piano. Piano is a big part of this uh, whole thing as well. Tradition in all its uh, in all its guises is part of this, right? When you think of East Coast music in general, um, you think of tradition. You know, New York City. It's really funny how New York City really doesn't have. Uh, it's not. It, it's uh, it's not impressive in terms of the bands that they they um, contributed to pop culture uh, in proportion to its size, right? Um, but but when you think of all of this whole area, you think of tradition. Um, so I, I think you get that in there as well. So that was from Mechanics, uh, 1982, a great UFO song. Let's move on to our fourth selection here. This is John Mellencamp with I Ain't Ever Satisfied. <laughs> Okay, so now we are moving into, this is October 8th, 1991, Whenever We Wanted. This album went platinum. I, I, I love John Mellencamp. I think he's amazing. In fact, you know, in the, in the direct world of the, uh, you know, the, the closest, uh, the closest uh, plant, planetary orb uh, next to the son of Bruce Springsteen, I think it is John Mellencamp, and I get more value out of John Mellencamp than I do, than I do out of Springsteen. I, I certainly wasn't a fan when it, when it was more of a Pop-Tart situation uh, in the early 80s, and he was, you know, he's doing great, of course, but so yeah, this album goes platinum. And by the way, yeah, I, I saw him on this tour. It's one of the greatest shows I ever saw. But Aha in 83 goes three times platinum. This is when he's getting big. Scarecrow 85, um, you know, blood on the Scarecrow and all that. I mean, this is, you know, he's he's a, he's the big farm aid guy, right? Again, Americana, Rust Belt, uh, flyover states, right? Uh, Indiana, right? For John Mellencamp. Scarecrow, so that goes five times platinum. Lonesome Jubilee, 87, three times platinum. Big Daddy, 89. 
platinum. Uh, and yeah, this one, next three, all platinum. So so John Mellencamp is a huge, huge star. So he's sort of like the, um, you know, he's the guy that takes the baton from Bruce Springsteen, although he's in operation, uh, you know, kind of while Bruce Springsteen is big as well. And he's sort of seen as the baby band, Bruce Springsteen, right? Um, but he, he quickly uh, proves himself to be, a, you know, a great writer and a great poet. And, uh, you know, has, has a great band and all that. You got Kenny Aronson and all that happening, right? Um, so, yeah, he's he's definitely part of this family. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like to talk about him here because I don't really get to talk about him a lot. And, again, um, you know, just, just summarizing again, Van Morrison, Bruce Springsteen, Thin Lizzy, UFO. So we're kind of, we've, we've kind of taken care of the hard rock thing and now we're into the Americana thing. Uh, but now we're going to go back to the UK. Uh, take a listen to our, our last selection here. This is Graham Parker with Endless Night. On the endless night that turns on the endless night Okay, so I said John Mellencamp is my favorite planetary uh, orb that is uh, circling directly around Bruce Springsteen, but Graham Parker is my favorite guy, period, uh, that is that is part of this uh, family. I, I mean, as as one guy, I, I, I might even like him more than Thin Lizzy, but, uh, you know... As a solo artist, he's certainly my favorite out of out of Van Morrison, John Mellencamp, or Bruce Springsteen. Love him to death. Worship the guy. I think he's an amazing, amazing artist. Uh, so this is Endless Night from the Up Escalator, May twenty third, nineteen eighty. This is the one with that abstract, uh, you know, brown and red uh, cover art. One of my favorite albums of all time. My favorite by him. Um, and uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the background there, that is Bruce Springsteen providing guest vocals, background vocals on The Endless Night. So we know Bruce Springsteen appreciated Graham Parker as well. But yeah, I took out a couple of my albums here just to just to uh, just to mention. So up escalator, we've got the likes of Endless Night. Um, we've got Paralyzed, Maneuvers, Jolie Jolie, Love Without Greed. So that's all of side two. Side one, uh, one of the greatest songs of all time, No Holding Back. Devil's Sidewalk, Stupefaction. I almost picked Stupefaction, but then I thought, hey, let's drive home the point and bring the Bruce Springsteen one up. Empty Lives and the Beating of Another Heart. Amazing, amazing album. Uh, so this is when he's still Graham Parker and the rumor, but as we move on, yeah, the early ones. So here's the thing. Um, Howlin' Wind and uh, what's the other one called? Heat Treatment are the are the ones that are the most uh, as part, they have the most in common with this Jersey Shore sound uh, of Bruce and Southside Johnny, and um, and so those I actually don't like very much. Um, the where it picks up for me is Squeezing Out Sparks, which again one of the classic albums of all time. That one is the most critically acclaimed one. Uh, but then after the likes of uh, uh, this, we get another gray area. We've got the real macaw, and we've got Graham Parker and the Shot Steady Nerves. They're all amazing. The Mona Lisa's sister uh, got got to hear got to go see him live uh, with Brinsley Schwartz actually, which was pretty cool uh, at the Horseshoe here in Toronto. It was excellent. Um, but yeah, so he absolutely absolutely fits in this thing. He he seems to be like um, one part new wave and uh, 
two parts directly part of this Bruce Springsteen family. Um, so there you go. That is our last of the five. I wanted to mention some honorable mentions. I almost went with Boomtown Rats, uh, and I was going to play Joey uh, Joey's on the Streets again. So there you got like look at that title, right? Um, but really, I, I looked at the Boomtown Rats album and then the subsequent albums, and, and even though they're Irish, and this is Bob Geldof, so he's a famous Irish guy, um, there's really not a lot of Van Morrison uh, or Thin Lizzy or Bruce Springsteen uh, in the Boomtown Rats. Um, they are more of a new wave band later on. The first album's almost like a cross between hard rock and punk, and it's very well recorded, Mutt Lang, right? Um but but after that they uh, they quickly go kind of like a bouncy goofy pop pop punk kind of thing. Although there's there's a couple of classic classic albums there. Um, Steve Earle definitely feels part of this family. Uh, Tom Petty definitely feels part of this family. Um, I was never a big Tom Petty fan. Uh, Steve Earle's a little to the countryside, but he's he's definitely a Bruce Springsteen uh, disciple. Um, Billy Joel feels part of this family as well. I've always said that, you know, the piano thing, the tradition, uh, the the kind of dull conservativeness uh, of the whole thing, and he's a New York kind of guy. Um, so he's more of your boring piano writer kind of version of Bruce Springsteen, right? So so even more of the edges sawed off, right? Um, I noticed a lot of people wanted to possibly include Jackson Brown and Warren Zevon in this. So, you know, can you include the whole Avocado Mafia Troubadour set in this? I'm not sure. Um, you know, and then the next step, it's kind of funny, but the next step past, um, you know, past Bruce Springsteen into John Mellencamp, some people might go Brian Adams, right? Um, I certainly wouldn't. Vancouver guy, I'm not a fan. Uh, but he kind of gets thrown into that conversation as well. Another one that's a big, big part of this, but we have a rule here. We have a no Bon Jovi rule uh, on history and five songs, so I couldn't play Bon Jovi. Um, but Bon Jovi's totally part of this. They got an album called New Jersey, right? So they're from New Jersey, and they and they fit in this as well. And John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, you know, as time goes on, uh, they start sounding more and more like Bruce Springsteen and less and less like a hair metal band, right? And uh, and granted, you know, I I think uh, their reputation is probably as super high as it is because uh, they did get. They did get more ambitious and smarter and more thoughtful as time went on, uh, just like a John Mellencamp, right? Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, and I wanted to mention another Irish band, uh, U2, but I really don't feel like there's a lot of any of these guys uh, in, in U2. Uh, another one that I think totally, totally belongs is Elvis Costello. I almost went and included an Elvis Costello track, uh, but Elvis does so many different kinds of things. I've been playing a lot of Elvis Costello lately. Um, he just He's just so enthusiastic and prolific that he participates in, in every kind of market and imaginable. Um, and you actually don't hear uh, a particularly large amount of, uh, of Van Morrison or Bruce Springsteen isms uh, in Elvis Costello. You just get the great writing, right? You get the great uh, lyricism. He's a, he's, a, he's a very agile poet. Um, and then, you know, given, given all the records he makes and the fact that, um, you know, the volume level is roughly a Bruce Springsteen album or, or a Van Morrison album. So he's not, he's not a hard rock guy. So there's not, not really distorted guitar, uh, uh, as such. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you, you basically get a guitar, bass and drums with clean or acoustic guitar, uh, with an Elvis Costello and you get piano and all that kind of stuff as well. Right. Um, 
going a little heavier, but still actually part of this because I did notice, you know, in, in the various Reddit debates, um, Joe Strummer's name came up, right? Um, and that's pretty interesting because so, so in the clash, Joe would be the guy who feels a little bit more like a, like a punk Bruce Springsteen. And then Joe does, uh, Earth, Earthquake Weather uh, as a solo album, and then and then the Mescaleros is uh, you know you could you could say there's a bit of that in him, you know uh, worship the guy, one of the greatest artists of all time. Um, Dexy's Midnight Runners. Uh, so here you've got a little bit more of that soul thing that we mentioned. Is it Philly soul? Is it Northern soul? Northern soul, you know, it is sampling Philly soul. I mean, or or it it's put it this way: the whole idea of Northern soul is is. Um, loving soul from America, basically. Right. Um, but Dexy's midnight runners, you definitely get the horn arrangements in there. Uh, this is, this is really more of a let's side sidestep the Bruce Springsteen thing and go straight to the Van Morrison thing. Pub rock in general, right? Um, all of these pub rock guys have uh, a fair bit of that working man, rock and roll, traditional boogie rock, fifties rock, sixties rock, uh, thing. That is the, the, you know, the whole melange pastiche that goes into, um, you know, Van Morrison's uh, musical vocabulary and Bruce Springsteen's musical vocabulary. Um, Dire Straits, I saw I saw that name come up. Um, kind of interesting, the acoustic guitar, you know, the vocal, the slightly Bob Dylan-esque uh, vocals. Uh, and then you get all these guys that I've, you know, always had these albums by, but I don't, don't know them very well, the likes of your Steve Forbert and uh, Willie Nile. Mink DeVille, you might even throw Eddie Money in here, right? But definitely Willie Nile and Steve Forbert for sure. Um, yeah, so there, I, I think they all fit in this honorable mention thing too. So the Bruce Springsteen family is vast and wide. And uh, and again, uh, the favorite parts from this whole thing that I think are a big deal in it are, um, I just love the way that you hear that influence and, you know, in, in Phil Lyonet, it's not particularly a Bruce Springsteen influence. He didn't really talk about him a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I suppose there is some influence there. But again, I think Phil almost came fully formed even before Bruce was sort of doing that. Phil Mogg, on the other hand, uh, I think you hear that influence ramp up. Uh, and you hear it ramp up towards the end of the Michael Schenker era, uh, and then and then fully on those really good Paul Chapman era albums. Um, all right, if you like the show and want to support future episodes, please go to kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. I think this might be the week once this goes up where I got to do my Facebook thing and mention, uh, hey, you know, remind people kind of thing. But anyways, this week I would like to thank Joe Becht. Andy at Black Sugar Transmission. Chris Monrad. Uh, Chris sent me some really cool uh, e uh, emails, these pictures that he sent of these big plaques he had in his garage of Gamma and Alan Holdsworth and Ronnie uh, Ronnie Montrose. Really cool. Um, just got those this morning, actually. Um, Augustine Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, and Burned Wilhelm. Thank you all very much um, for all your book needs. Of course, you can go to martinpopoff.com. Uh, the Bush Cult Dominance of Submission panel book is still doing well. I've still got the Who book, the Bowie book. Um, I've got some of the ACDC. You know now that the Kiss uh, is out of print, uh, but I will get more in, uh, uh, well, November 20th. I guess shouldn't be mentioning dates in these things because these things can be listed to any time. But anyways, at the moment, uh, frustratingly, I'm, I'm out of that book. Got the In the Groove book as well, which I'm a one-fifth writer on. That's a big book about record collecting. By the way, went to a record show this morning. Um, uh, so there you go. Uh, all of that's at martinpopoff.com. Um, and for your homework today with this episode 226, The Bruce Springsteen Family, go play some 
Graham Parker, go play that Up Escalator album. Man, what a great album. Or Squeezing Out Sparks. Either of those will do. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.